0: All right, this is Brent Leary, and with me today is Kenny Lauer, Vice President, Digital and Marketing. I was going to say for the Golden State Warriors, but I have to say for the World Champion Golden State Warriors. Thank you for joining me
1: today. Uh, I do like the ring of that, I
0: have to say. (laughs) Yeah, ring. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of rings (laughs) (laughs) around that.
1: Yeah, no pun intended. Thanks, Brent. I'm I'm, uh, excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. So before we jump in and really start... getting in there and talking about marketing and, and something that you call uh experience creation and being able to disrupt the fan experience. Before we jump into all that, maybe you can give us a little bit of your personal background.
1: Uh sure. Uh I'd be happy to. Um so uh well let me just tell you, I I, I grew up in San Diego, went to school at Berkeley and I was planning to go into marriage and family counseling, but clearly that did not happen. I was a psychology major and studied business. Um, Got my first job out of Berkeley at Apple and that's kind of what set me on my 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 tech customer strategy trajectory. Um, And then um, really uh, cut my teeth at KPMG Consulting, which was called KPMG Marketing then. Um, And then in the next kind of, I don't know, seven different companies um, really started to, uh, and not all deliberate, but started to uh, see myself um, in primarily focusing in in customer strategy. I worked at the Well, which is one of the first online communities. Then I worked with the company Peppers and Rogers Group that coined the term one-to-one marketing, and then an experience agency uh, just prior to the Warriors, which was, was my primary responsibility um, as I led digital there. Was to blend both the physical and the virtual worlds, and um, and as I look back, I realize that almost everything that I've done had had been really around focusing on um, bringing fans and audiences closer to closer to the message and and driving behavior. So I had an opportunity to uh, to come over to the Warriors. And really, really create something big. uh, I I jumped, I jumped at it. Uh, I've got um, two kids, that one a ten year old son and an eleven year old son now, and a fifteen year old daughter, and uh, have pretty much lived in California most of my life, except for a short stint in New York. And um, and now to uh, to be a part of um, what we've created here has just been phenomenal.
0: Yeah, let we'll talk a little bit about the, your experiences at, with the Golden State Warriors. You've been there for a while. Uh maybe talk a little bit about uh how maybe marketing has changed or has evolved since you started at, with the Warriors to where it is today. And, and particularly you have a title called digital and marketing, so that's kind of uh, maybe that uh, will, will will fit the conversation that we're going to talk about.
1: <laughs> well, um Sure, uh, I'd love to talk about that. The so I've been, I've been with the Warriors, coming up on two years. So in terms of some of the folks here, I have people on my team that have been here uh, twenty nine years. Um, I'm I'm still a relatively new person here, and I think when the team was bought four years ago and brought in new ownership, um, those of you who follow the Warriors, uh, you know will will um, you know, know that, know that very well. I think there was a very deliberate effort to bring in folks that weren't just from sports. Um, very much, one of the primary owners, Peter Guber, wasn't from sports, and we wanted to make sure that uh, the team wasn't stuck in this echo chamber of thinking around marketing and digital. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I believe that the the way the title is is indicative of where we were a couple years ago that in terms of sponsorship and sales they were still looking for someone that had that digital title i I see marketing and digital I see it all blending into one um, over the years we won't we won't continue to see digital this or not digital that it'll just be this is the way we market um, and um, when the approach i 'm taking with marketing and i you know and i um, and I think it's more indicative of um, some of the companies that are doing it in outside verticals, not so much in the m b a is to really look at the company as um, as being in the business of creating experiences so yes, we play basketball. Certainly, in the business of basketball, and yes, we're in retail. We're in the business of retail. We're in the business of foundation. We're in the business of youth basketball. We're in the business of of community. Um, but all of that, at a at a very basic level, is about the creation of experiences for your audience. And I think when you when you start to look at us being in that business, and really starting to think of us more as an entertainment marketing group that happens to play basketball than just a basketball team, that horizon uh, opens up tremendous opportunities, and that's kind of what we've been capitalizing on.
0: That's very cool. Uh, one one thing, I, I had a recent conversation with uh, the EVP of, of marketing over at Men's Warehouse, and he said something that uh, I want to run by you and see what you think. He said that he feels that marketing has gone from kind of a, a back. Seat position to a leadership position when it comes to uh, driving the business forward. Uh, where you sit with the Golden State Warriors is, is that something that you also kind of see happening?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with him. Uh, m- the marketing role here at the Warriors, we're marketing typically is an enabling role, we enable things to happen. We enable uh, the selling of tickets. We enable the activation of sponsorships, we enable um, the um, the community awareness. And I think that when you look at a company whose responsibility and marketing responsibility is to create experiences, um, and in my opinion, it's about collapsing distances, right, geographic distances, emotional distances, physical distances through your marketing channels, Um, you become a very powerful role in the organization. And, um, and, and that's really what we're finding, and, and especially as you can start to quantify the return of your digital efforts, because I've been in marketing for years, and it's always been very challenging to actually be able to quantify a marketing effect on an organization. Um, one of the advantages now, um, and most organizations are getting better at this, and we're certainly focusing on this, is really beginning to quantify the return on our, on our efforts, primarily digital efforts, because they're trackable. And that becomes just another uh, lever that a marketing organization um, has to, um, to move the organization. So absolutely, absolutely agree.
0: So, tell us a little bit about the makeup of your marketing organization within the Golden State Warriors.
1: So, um, the marketing organization. So, my organization um, uh, primarily any of the any of the touch points that a fan has with the Warriors is in the um, expert hands of of my my team. So I run day-to-day, I mean, it's probably a little bit more of a unique role in terms of marketing, but the day-to-day operations in marketing and digital and creative um, and game um, experience and in content creation, as well as the innovation around those areas, especially as we're starting to look toward San Francisco. So the way we set up the marketing organization that uh, that is working best for me is um, primarily around this concept of center of experiences um, I, you may remember back years ago and still still today there's this concept of ce- um, center of excellence and um, and that's the primary uh, um, kind of uh, discipline that I've used to set up the team so I have three centers of experience. I have the digital experience. They're responsi- responsible for everything socially and digitally um, in, in terms of, from a marketing point of view. I have the game experience, center of experience. So they're responsible for everything that happens once someone passes it through the entrance gates at Oracle Arena to when they leave the exit gates. So everything that happens in the parking lot, in the plaza, in the arena, is the responsibility of the game um, center of experience team. And then the third center of experience is my studio group or my content group. They're the ones that generate um, the videos that you see that, um, and, the, and the static photography that you see um, through all of our social channels in the arena and, and in broadcast. And then I have, so if you think of those three kind of as a Venn diagram uh, overlapping each other, there's um, a, 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 more, a more specific brand marketing group that, that cuts across the top um, that helps to support um, the brand, brand messaging, brand campaigns, and continues to, to, um, to move across the organization, but as well dive into each one of the uh, centers of experience as needed. I don't know, visually, uh, obviously for me I, I can visualize it, but I hope that makes sense
0: yeah that made a lot of sense and, and and just out of curiosity you're doing a whole lot and covering a whole lot of ground uh, roughly how many people are involved in that
1: uh we have 25 people uh in the marketing organization and um and we're uh continuing to to grow in the in the specific areas um but uh, uh but everyone is very, very busy. It's still, still with the, as you can see, with the amount that we have to do, especially as you um, support a championship team, um, we have, um, you know, remember our customer bases, not just our fans, which is obviously primary, but all of our internal customers that typical any internal marketing group would have. So we have our ticketing group and our sponsorship group and our community group and our events group and our ownership group and our basketball operations group all come to us to support that. So um, it's, uh, it's it's still a pretty lean organization. Everyone works very hard, though.
0: Uh, I'm going to ask you a little uh, – well, maybe I'll just ask it now, because how, <laughs> how different is it? Now that you guys are the world champions – uh, how different is your job and your organization's job uh, in marketing? How different is it now that you guys are champions compared to before? You know when you weren't champions.
1: Well, uh, you know, so that's an interesting question because um, first of all, we um, uh, we we want to. V- well, first of all, it's amazing that we're uh, to 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 market an organization who uh, who has just won um, the NBA championship the um, The challenges are that you have done that and you're you're very um, you're very present in a lot of people's minds. so there's a lot of outreach. Uh, my inbox has probably doubled in terms of tech companies that um that are interested in demonstrating their technologies agencies marketing agencies that that's that wants to help um, and um and so and on top of that, because we're a championship team, which means we went through the longest part of the season, our off season is very short, so that means that um what I would call the performance engine, everything that has to continue that we have to set up has to be accelerated, so the pace the, the pace and the cadence of of our traditional marketing activities is um, is significant in terms of the fans it 's incredible because we not only uh, is it is it clear by the way our our long term fans have been consuming our content and the interactions there have been phenomenal off the chart um, we um you know we we get uh, ratings from the NBA and everything, and these numbers are things numbers that we've never seen before. But the beauty, Brent, is that we also have a lot of new fans. and our new fans um, are reaching out to us in different ways and and we have an opportunity to to um, to acknowledge these new fans who may just become aware through through the championship and really work to, to develop them into, um, you know, into those who, who, who maybe bleed blue and gold. And, um, and that requires a different set of thinking because we've, we've never had to do that. It's always been just reinforcing the existing fan base, always looking to grow. But now we have a huge set that know, that potentially know very little about the Golden State Warriors, but are very interested and, and committed to, to step into that space.
0: We had a chance to talk a little earlier, and uh, it's it's rather apparent that uh, social media is a huge part of the experiences you're trying to create, and you mentioned to me that Twitter has a role, and it kind of seems like that's more of a, you know, as a game is going on and being able to engage the audience in, in real time, but, but Facebook has a kind of a deeper role in terms of uh, deeper engagement. Maybe you could talk a little bit about maybe the overall impact social is having on uh, the way that you're able to uh, create these experiences and then maybe look at specifically how you use Twitter and how you use uh, Facebook to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our, just in general, our ability to, I mean the main purpose of our social channels uh, is, is primarily to you know, at a very high level, extend our brand globally and engage our fan base. Uh, the NBA is a global brand. Um, we have—it's interesting, Brent, because we have very specific restrictions on how we, how far outside of our headquarters we can market, um, and because you have to be respectful of other teams, and you know, we we don't actually share uh, the market with another team like LA does. But we still have restrictions of how far we can market out. yet social is something that 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 doesn't naturally abide by those restrictions. So for a team that has that, as other companies have trading areas, we have these marketing areas, it's incredibly beneficial for us to be able to use these channels to get outside our you know our local geography. so it's it's incredibly powerful. Um, like anything, um, there's tools that you use and you have to understand how to use those. We do we do a lot of uh, behavioral marketing. We have um, a marketing strategy that I would love to take credit for, but is not mine. It's uh, a guy named BJ Fogg, who's the professor of the persuasive lab at Stanford. And we really work hard to understand what kind of behavior we want to drive. And then we look at what channels we're going to use to do that. So in terms of social, our primary channels, we, we've, we've tried them all, and we are still, I mean all, most of them. Um, we have had a presence on and we're continuing to develop. But the primary ones that um, we are have a hyper-level focus or our primary are, of course, Facebook and Instagram, um, Twitter, Vine, Periscope, that kind of group, and um, and Weibo, which is uh, which is tw- like the the Twitter platform in China, because we have a very big uh, following in China, and um, and the and the real challenge has been if we want to optimize these channels, you have to really know what works in those channels, and and really, in terms of empathy with our fan, understanding what works for our fan base. And um, which is why we use Weibo in in China, because you wouldn 't use anything else um, so a lot so the first part when I first came, we started to focus really on understanding which platforms would work, and what we have found is and in youtube you know we we also use YouTube as well, I should say but um what um, what i've what we have found is that um, Facebook has been incredibly um, Incredibly powerful, and I think I can't remember one of my one of the consultants we have is that says that um, you know Facebook rocks video and video rocks Facebook, and that and that really has been what we found. Um, if we use Facebook video in the most effective way, our number of interactions, um, both in engagement and then in conversion, um, is significant. Um, we uh, we we have found that Twitter is not converting. Uh, well for us in merchandise or ticket sales but is phenomenal at real-time uh, engagement so like live tweeting a basketball game or if a press conference is happening to alert people um, and that's been primarily how we have used that um, we um, we look at um, and then as you compare it to, to YouTube we really look at Facebook more around sharing and YouTube around consuming, solely consuming. Um, and, um, and then Tumblr, we've, we've just been uh, playing around with and not sure how much um, additional effort we'll continue to put in that. Um, we also are, um, are spending a lot of time exploring Snapchat, the different ways we can do it following where, the, where their platform is going. Um, but for the Golden State Warriors, primarily, Facebook has just been, um, just been phenomenal.
0: Wow, and you mentioned uh, you, have, you have a couple of different uh, things that you keep in mind as you use these different social networks and also you know, the content that you create. Talk a little bit about your, your efforts around or experience creating experiences around merchandise versus ticketing and how uh, you kind of apply uh, different strategies around those different areas.
1: So the, um, you know, as anyone who um, has been part of the marketing organization, there's going to be uh, a million requests for for your services, and when you're at a basketball team and um, and you're, you're, uh, you're at the type of basketball team like the Golden State Warriors a lot of the focus when you look at revenue pillars and that's what I call them, you know, kind of this Parthenon effect of all the different revenue pillars that are like holding up the house. Um, there are two really obvious revenue pillars that always um, are uh, relevant and present and that's ticket sales and merchandise. And um, so we, we typically sell out all of our, all of our games Um in the primary tickets, but there's always a secondary ticket market, which we're exploring as well. So right now, you can go to our site, and we show not only the primary tickets, but the secondary tickets as well, and we've been doing really well there. So even though all the primary tickets, say, for playoffs were sold, there's still a significant inventory on the secondary market. Um, And then there's merchandise. So really, part of our work was how do we optimize the the social channels to be able to support conversion to purchase of tickets or conversion to purchase for um, uh, for merchandise which we really just started to focus on and so what we have done and we've kinda just started down this path is really look at doing some A-B testing to really understand what works well and we're starting with Facebook um, because of the success that we've had and um, um, and what we first started out with was, okay, what, what have we found? If we create um, video content, let's just say, for example, um, what works best in an A-B test? Uh, the conversion to merch, merchandise, or the conversion to tickets? And we saw uh, over double uh, amount of conversion in Facebook video to tickets. So then we said, okay, let's focus on tickets. Now, let's do an A-B test between what works best for the thumbnail, a picture or an ad. Um, and what we found was that a picture worked real well. So now we have, we know we're doing tickets. We know we're using a picture as a thumbnail. Then it's, well, what kind of content works well? And we have two primary categories. One is hype. So you see a picture of Steph Curry hitting a three-point or um, Harrison Barnes doing a, a dunk or or, uh, or fans um, surrounded by some, some hype music or so that, that's called hype, or uh, what I call storytelling, and um, that's content. So that would be like a, a deep dive into a player, or the story about how someone got somewhere, or the story about someone's college, um, you know, experience, or the story about what we're doing in the community. And what we found, um, almost without a doubt, except for uh, a particular, a particular um, video that. Um, that the Oakland Raiders did for us was that hype was the one that proved out best. And again, we, we didn't used to ever do anything by data, so it was always um, my word against um, the, the ticketing group's word on what, what would work best, but as we started to really dive in to figure out how to optimize the channel based on our fan base, it became very clear. Ticketing, pictures of the thumbnail, and hype videos. Um, and then at that point, we we had the 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 kind of um formula and then we just just did a, a test of five different pieces of copy and uh, and it's been phenomenally successful and of course you have to refresh things you have to keep the content um new especially in sports which is all about uh live what's happening now um the last game isn't important anymore now that you have a new game uh, but um but with Facebook, the way we've been able to do that has worked has worked really well.
0: Wow. You just went over a lot of things, and I've only got about two more questions to go through. But this has been really fascinating. And, and after you, you kind of explain all this, the testing, you're using all these different channels, a lot of the social huh. channels, you, you, how do you determine the, the right mix and the right uh, role for the website, for the mobile app? Yeah these different things you're doing
1: <laughs> these are these, uh, obviously you have been doing this a long time Brent because these are exactly the all the challenges like what is the role of a website versus the app versus um, uh, versus social and um and it's it, to be honest it's it's been a challenge because um, again without Data, which is what we're working on. To be honest, to get to make you know decisions, educated decisions based on data. Um, uh, other, if you don't have the data, if you don't have to make the decision, then it's gut against gut. So, you know, um, anybody who's been in marketing will know that uh, other teams will will fight for what that they want their visibility on a relatively small real estate of of the web page. Um, Our web page is really designed as an ultimate goal to develop our fans. Um, And um, what we are currently doing now is to understand what is that mix of storytelling versus uh, merchandise and ticket purchase. And until we, we work on getting the exact data of what the click path is and and look at some heat maps and understand exactly how our fans are interacting with that. And again, like, like you asked, and and I said we have a bunch of new fans, it will be very interesting to see how the website evolves. Now, for our app, the main purpose is for fans to access, have access to the team anytime, anywhere. And um, right now we are um, largely repurposing our web content as we're working really hard to evolve that app, especially as... We move to San Francisco. We're really going to look for how to reimagine the way our fans want to engage with our brand. In the future, we hope to migrate our mobile app so it's um, you know it's unique content, robust, local fan-focused tool that can be used um, used at any time. So um, each one of these uh, to look at what the overall ecosystem is. We'll make sure that. We are creating the kind of um, and this this is this is just kind of what tools we use. The content that we develop to deliver on these tools is is the other side of the coin. Um, I know we're running out of time, but you know we we we're taking a lot of leads from the TV world. We're creating a story world ecosystem because just like you watch a TV show every Thursday, say at seven thirty, that's our of material. That's our, that's our gameplay on the court. Everyone sees that you can go to ESPN, you can get all the feedback on SB Nation, any of those uh, places to get content around what happened on the court. What you can't get is the rest of the story, right? What, how, what are the wars like with um, community? What are the wars look like in fashion? What, are, what about behind the scenes? So we look at, starting to build out all these other hooks for our fans so that we can deepen that level of engagement. So when they go back to watch the basketball game, all of a sudden, they're more invested. They have a greater appreciation for that person on the court. And um, and, then, and then to use that sort of concept and deliver in, in an optimized channel is really the, the gold ring.
0: So it sounds like you kind of, does that encapsulate this this term or phrase that you told me a little earlier around hearts first, wallets second.
1: Yeah, and that and it absolutely does, and that comes from um, that comes from uh, one of our owners, uh, Peter Guber, who um, is uh, an icon in the entertainment industry, and is something we believe um, in terms of the experience creation role that we have is that if you focus on. The hearts first, things that are relevant, things that are meaningful, things that 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 uh, derive value first. The money will come, and um, and we've seen that play out many times over. We're still working to fully embrace that in all of our channels, but um, I'll tell you, there was just a Steph Curry camp, and Steph was down to Steph as the front, you know, in a sense, the face of the warriors, you couldn't ask for a better, heart-first superstar. He interacts with the kids like they're his own. He's gentle and he's strong and he's skilled, and he's just a super guy. And I think if we take that kind of role and be able to deliver that through all aspects of our organization, we'll be in really good shape.
0: And he's also Riley's uh, father, so you, you can't uh, leave that
1: And he's Riley's father, yes, probably foremost.
0: Foremost. <laughs> <Well>, uh, <laughs> before we wrap up, one thing you've mentioned a number of times is, you know, you, this it's almost like you're building a, a culture of data or, or information or analytics. Yep. Um, how important is that to the success of uh, what you're doing with the Warriors going forward? And. And how difficult is it to to create that culture as you interact with other parts of the business based on the data?
1: Well, you know what I think um, it's a good question, and we are late to the game in this um, when uh, when I came there wasn't um there wasn't an analytics person on the team, and there are other, we're late to the game in terms of the association, the NBA, there are other teams that are way far ahead of us, and certainly other, we don't, the Golden State Warriors don't tend to, we don't tend to benchmark against just other teams, we benchmark against the best in any industry, in any vertical, Um, but it was absolutely critical that we become a more data-driven organization. And that was not a hard sell internally, because um, once you are, once they get a taste of making decisions that are defendable by trusted data, um, it actually becomes a lot easier. Instead of saying I think this and you think that, and uh, we're looking at um, not only you know uh, building out uh, CRM for sure, but um, we're exploring Hadoop. We're, we're going to have. Um, a lot of unstructured data. As we start to move into kind of our innovation side around beacon uh, technology and the, the collection of data that doesn't easily fit into a spreadsheet, um, as we start to move into all those directions, we're going to have a much better picture of of where we where we stand in terms of the business of basketball and the business of entertainment. And I think that, at least in this organization, that's a big sigh of relief because. There's things that you can hang your hat on, and I think initially there was some concern because it costs money and there's a lot of things to do just to be honest but um, in reality that's what arms you with um, with um, the the discipline and the strategies to um, to take that data and make a lot more money out of it.
0: We had a great conversation with Kenny Lauer from the Golden State Warriors. And Kenny, before I let you go, I got to ask you: a year from now, uh, other than (laughs) another championship, uh, (laughs) a year from now, uh, what would you, what are you planning on having in place for the fans a year from now that you don't have in place today?
1: Oh, I like the way you uh, that we don't have in place today. Because I would say, well, for sure, it's even though you said it's not a championship. <laughs> it is a championship. Um, well, so um, I, I think that that, uh, that lends itself to the innovation that we're doing to help support the, n- the new uh, arena and the new campus we're building in San Francisco. We are really looking at using Oracle and, and our existing fan base to be uh, kind of a petri dish to test new things. And we already have done that quite a bit. We were one of the first ones to actually build a Google Glass app um, in our app so that fans could actually have an augmented experience um, with Google Glass. We're one of the leaders in Beacon, using beacons to drive certain behavior based on your proximity. We've also um, done some amazing things with sound. We've, we've um, mic'd up the entire court so we could deliver the sounds of the court, the bouncing of the ball, the squeaking of the shoes, the banter of the players to fans that wouldn't normally hear that. So if you're sitting way up in our Club 200 in the back row, you will be able to hear, as, and we did this as a test, what the people who are sitting on the court uh, hears. So um, what I would, the way I would answer that is I'm not exactly sure. We are looking at a whole bunch of different technologies, everything in the quantified self, virtual reality. We've been doing a lot of tests with virtual reality, Um, other technologies, augmented reality, even hologram, um, that we are uh, planning to introduce and use um, and explore in the new arena. Um, We're also looking at different ways to integrate the app um, into... The fan experience so even if you're not at the game there's ways that you could potentially feel like you are at the game again everything around collapsing distances which is how I kind of define marketing um, so um I guess the answer to that is um, I don't know the fans will have to wait and see but I, I guarantee you um, it's going to be not only a, an unbelievable time to be a fan um, for the Golden State Warriors and how they play on the court but also to be a fan in terms of the technology and innovation um, and and kind of empathy that the team has uh, for the fan base.
0: All right, that's great. Let me just stop the recording here.